With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. So I wanted to, to ask Marshall some questions. And uh, Marshall, we've been talking about revival. Uh, and you've been telling me stories from history of cultures that have experienced revival. And we so desperately want revival in our culture right now. We need it right now. Um, has there ever been revival in America in the past? And, uh, and what does it look like? Oh, yeah, there has. Uh, we think we're in the worst of times. And yet, uh, imagine being a pilgrim coming across the ocean uh, you were the outcasts of the world that no one loved you, cared for you. Uh, you come across and you land, you sign the Mayflower Compact, and 102 of you are in existence in November, and by March, there's 47 of you are dead. You've gone through the Great Pestilence, just like we've gone through a Great Pestilence this year. And at that time, the pilgrims were given the option to get back on the ship and go back and quit, just go back to England and, and take it yeah. under the king. But not one of them went back. They stayed. They became successful. They built the first biblically-based republic in the history of mankind. And uh, they did it at the worst of times. And so what I would say is what we're going through right now, and I believe that it's the reason why God put this in your heart, Kurt, to tell the American people that in the midst of our crisis, and this is a bad one, where we have literally shut down our civilization for a year, that in the midst of it, we're now awakening to the fall of our educational system, the fall of our economy, the fall of our government into a tyrannical situation, that is all kind of an awakening of our hearts and minds to, wow, we have really let this culture go. And if that's the place throughout history that awakenings always happen. It right. happened for the pilgrims, and the result was a great awakening. Everybody that lasted the first winter went on to, be, to last into old age, and they were very successful. But throughout American history, for example, we fell away from the Lord. A hundred years later, people were no longer going to church. They were in a big real estate boom. Everything was great. Let's go out and get some more land. In the midst of it, it was a great stock market collapse in England that wiped out the economy here. And the result was uh, there was no hope again. Where I guess we're down the drain. No. What happened is a great awakening sprung up among the people. They repented of their sins at the time of great crisis. In the 1730s, George Whitfield came in from England, began to preach to crowds of 20, 30,000 on a hillside, and he saw one half of the South converted to Christ and one third of the North. You can imagine, uh. can you imagine one half of America coming to know Christ in a period of about 15 years? That's what happened in early America right before the American Revolution, which set the stage for our freedom, because as John Adams said, there really wasn't an American revolution. He said the revolution took place long before the revolution in a change of religious sentiment of the people. What he meant by that word sentiment, he said it's a change. They believe now God was in control. God can do it. We're going to trust him rather than the king. And they had the power to believe him for miracles, and they won and won their freedom. So it's mm -hmm. at these difficult times that God brings the awakenings. And he happened. He did it again and again with the second great awakening. Right after the war, we got worse again. The colleges went wild. They they cut when when uh, when the new head of Yale University came in to preach. They cut a hole in his Bible and put a deck of cards in it and laughed at him as he came up to give his first sermon in front of the people of Yale. And uh, and at that point, of course, uh, he was upset. So what he did is he went into the classrooms and preached Christ and gave an intellectual 
tete-a-tete with the atheists who had developed on the campus, literally saw the conversion of, of one-third of the campus in a period of about three years. That brought a revival at all the major campuses in America wow. that led to the Second Great Awakening that lasted 40 years, developed the abolitionist movement, developed the missionary movement, the first paid missionary movement in the world came out of that awakening that reached all the nations of the world in Asia, China, Africa. There had been no missionary movement to them ever in history, but it came out of this haystack revival of a couple of students. You, you got to hear this story. This is, this is, he's talking about revivals now. He's talking about the first and second great awakenings. And, and uh, there's this great haystack revival. Tell, tell him the story. Well, there had actually been a, a boy that had been converted, who'd come over from Hawaii. He was, he was, he, he was involved in cannibalism. He got on an American ship. He came back, and Timothy Dwight, who was the head of Yale, took him into the home as a family. He got converted to Christ. And this uh, Henry L. Obadiah, he went to Williams College. He, he was discipling and came to know people, and they became Christians. But to be a Christian was so bad in those days that you had to have a code. You didn't even say you were Christian. You had to have secret meetings because— Atheism was on the rise this is in America. America. This is in the 1790s. This is in America hundreds of years ago. Hundreds of years okay. ago. M- much America worse than it is right now. Worse, bad. And so the, so the, the Christians went out into the fields to pray, right? Because they didn't want to pray with the other guys. So they're out there praying. And sure enough, a, a lightning storm and comes up. And they were up, hiding in, and they, behind a haystack? A haystack and a lightning bolt hits the haystack. And they had been praying for... Oh, Lord, send missionaries to back, you know, like Henry said, in, 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 in various places in Asia, they've never heard the gospel. And, but of course, they weren't willing to go. They were just praying about it. Well, when the haystack revival, when the, when the, when the flames hit, God put it in their mind, well, he wants us to go. Obviously, he did, we didn't get hurt. We just got thrown out of the haystack. So now we need, to, we need to go. So all five of them became missionaries. Several of them died as missionaries. But that began the missionary movement in America, and it swept around the world. And more people have come to know Christ since the beginning of America than in all the history of the world as a result of a little revival beginning in a haystack at a time of of spiritual death in America. It's happened again and again. It happened right before the Civil War. Before the Civil War, we were in this terrible division as a country. There's no hope. And then we had a stock market collapse in 1857, and people were jumping out of the eight-story buildings in New York. And in the midst of it, one little reformed pastor began a prayer meeting. He started a prayer meeting in a, in, in, in a little room, and then it went on to the burlesque theaters, and it grew from hundreds to thousands. And pretty soon, thousands of men were shutting down Wall Street from, from like 12 o'clock to 2, and it was in all the papers all over the country. That revival spread not only to all over the world, to England and Scotland and then around the world, it spread to the Civil War. And the men of the South, as many as half of them, were led to Christ at camp meetings around the fire before the battles, both in the North and the South. These military men were led to God, knowing that they were facing death the next day by the revival begun by a little reformed pastor right there on Wall Street in 1857. So revivals spring, and they spring at times of chaos because that's when God gets our attention. When we're going good, everything's great, let's have a bottle of champagne, you know, everybody, because God's prospered us. In the midst of, of being prospered, will we forget God? And God yeah. asks that question yeah. in Scripture. We should not forget God. Remembrance is the beginning. And that's what you've been bringing, Kirk. You've been bringing a remembrance. And the people of God are out there going, well, I remember, we had a covenant with God. I remember. And as they remember they can repent. Until you remember, you have nothing to repent of. That's right. 
So now we can go, wow, I could have had a V8, as we would say in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> you just dated yourself there. I know. I'm back way back. Oh, well, look, these stories are so inspiring, right? And, and it's during these times of difficulty and chaos and times of despair that God gets our attention. So maybe God has something for us, for the family of faith in this valley that we're in right now, in this political lion's den. And, and maybe this is the time that <clears throat> hundreds and thousands and maybe millions of us will get down on our knees and turn wholeheartedly back to God and we'll see a revival starting from campfires and fireplaces and candles and, and our little communion services that, that we're offering up to God. It reminds me of like, the, the, the boy who had a couple of fish and some loaves of bread and, and surely it wasn't enough to accomplish the task of feeding all these people, but Jesus came and he multiplied those little, little tiny resources he had. Maybe God will, will multiply what we're offering to him in our gathering together at the American Campfire Revival. Amen. And by the way, in our lifetime, everybody knows Billy Graham. Everybody knows about maybe the Jesus movement. 50 years ago, I was there during that. And the thing is, that began with two little ladies, 86 and 87, that were praying in a little island uh, off the coast of Scotland. And they were praying off that, in that island, praying for revival because the people of Scotland and England were lost. In the midst of it, they prayed. A minister came. The entire island was saved, the island of Lewis. And they went on and, and brought revival to England, Scotland. That swept into America and to the Hollywood Presbyterian Church through a lady, uh, Henrietta Mears. And she had Bill Bright and Billy Graham there in her in her in her study and those guys then went up to a forest home in california had a revival before god they came back billy graham had his tent meeting in 1950 that began his great movement to to evangelize oh, america yeah. and and bill bright founded campus crusade for christ in 1951 that went on to develop into the jesus movement of the 60s i went on staff with him in 67 by that time we've got chuck smith and the revival of the jesus movement that swept the country made the front cover of time magazine and, and this is uh, this is coming out of california of all places the two, land, little ladies the, the praying. Land, two little ladies That's praying it. in scotland on an island launch a revival god hears their prayers and it sweeps through that part of the world over to America and lands in California, the land of, of loose nuts and bolts. And, and out of that comes spiritual power that launches Billy Graham and Campus Crusade for Christ. And I think D. James Kennedy was part of that group Came as well. Right out of that. And, That's right. An evangelism explosion. God can do this in our time, in our country, under our circumstances. And if you want to read more stories like the Haystack Revival and the Hebrides Revival out of Scotland, Marshall's got these new appendixes appendices in the back of the book with all of the stories that were not in the version that I've been teaching for the last 85 days. And so the new edited version uh, has all these stories. And so I encourage you guys to, to read those to your kids and read it to, you, to yourself to encourage you. Well, yeah. Marshall, I wish you were staying for more days and we could talk more and more and more. But this uh, is not the end. This is going on, man, for years. Well, we, we've got exciting plans of how we can continue meeting together. We're cooking up some ideas, so continue to, to pray that Lord would give us direction on that. Marshall, would you just offer just a just a, a, a prayer here at the very end of our, yes. our time together? Let's oh pray. Oh Lord, as the Scottish men said in the time of their revival, the covenants, the covenants shall yet be Scotland's revival. We say that about America right now. Oh Lord, we know that you and you alone can bring revival. We can't. But Lord, as we turn back to you, and as we turn back to the covenant that our fathers made, we can remember and you can restore and renew and rebuild because you love us. You're in relationship with us. 
And Lord, we love you and we come to you tonight and ask for a great yes, awakening Father. to sweep into every area, every institution. Yes, and Lord. the love of Jesus Christ would bind our people together. No civil wars, no great yes, destruction of our of our culture or our institutions, but, but a revival of the hearts of yes, our Lord. people to love you and, and obey you. Lord, we believe you for that in the coming months, that it would sweep throughout our country by the power of your spirit, not through the flesh, but by the power of your spirit. We yes, believe Lord. it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I'm sure that this has been a blessing to you as it is for me. And uh, I'm so excited that we continue to meet like this. God bless you guys. Have a good night. Bless you. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.